everybody. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast. I'm Cassie. I am um, the programs manager for Chariots for Hope. And today we have a super fun guest on our podcast. This is Haley. Um, And we are excited just to share her testimony, um, to talk about her journey with Jesus. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the program she's in at Chariots for Hope. Um, But Welcome, Haley, to our podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. It's super fun. Um, So you have a crazy story. You have a wild story about Jesus and just how he's impacted your life. And um, we think it's worth sharing. And so if you are okay with it, um, I'll kind of hand it over to you to talk about how, how you encountered Jesus, what that has looked like, how it's impacted your life. Um, and whatever you feel led to share. Okay. So, um, I, uh, I did not grow up knowing Jesus. Um, my mom, um, my mom knew Jesus. My, I guess her grandfather was actually a preacher and Mm. I didn't know this until like a year and a half ago. But, um, so my mom knew Jesus, but she was like, you know, like pray, but don't ever mention it. Like pray to yourself. Don't ever talk about Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, um, she had a pretty, um, pretty intense background and my dad did too. Um, wow. both sides of the family, there's a lot of like drugs in the family and, um, violence, alcohol, just kind of a, a long generational thing and wow. on both sides of the family. And so, um, I, I like my extent of knowing Jesus as a child was going to Girl Scouts and the leader was Christian and Mm. I didn't realize that she was like planting seeds at the time, but, um, she was. And so I thank her for that. Um, Susie watching (laughs) this. Thank you. Thank you, Um, Susie. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, um, I grew up from a very young age, like, I mean, very early in my life, like very depressed and, Mm. um, I battled like major depression, anxiety, bipolar, um, you know, so I, I went through like a, a long time of like self-harm and uh, suicidal ideation and mm. even like plans of like what I would do when that time came. Um, wow. And it was a lot, like a lot. And I spent my early adulthood, you know, battling all those same things. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it didn't just stop um, until... And so I'm not Jesus, Jesus. but, um, so yeah, so that was, um, I went through a lot of different things like, uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. at a very early age. Um, then again in high school and then again as an adult and wow. which is crazy, but statistically speaking, like that's a thing. Yeah. Um, if you're abused as a child, it's somehow like tends to happen again Mm. um as you grow and unfortunately like I was just another statistic and um so that was like a very big burden that I held on to for a long time and and I have a great relationship with my family thank god that I do now yeah um but I didn't and I mean none of my family was walking righteously and it was there's a lot of dysfunction and Mm. um you know and then I I I grew up and I had a child at, I found out on my 17th birthday that I was pregnant. Wow. And yeah. So you were so, in high school? Yeah, I was. I, wow. uh, I was actually like working. I was super determined to graduate like 
early. Um, I was yeah. working three jobs, but then like my junior year rolled around and I almost graduated right after my junior year, but I had like one credit left. So Man. that like that summer between junior and senior year is when I found out I was pregnant. So wow. by the time senior year rolled around, I had like one month of school and then I was done. So that like, thank God for that. Cause I didn't have wow. to walk the halls, you know, pregnant, no um, way. at least not noticeably pregnant. So that was, um, that was nice, but yeah. And then, um, I got engaged after that mm-hmm. and, uh, it ended up being a very abusive relationship, like an extremely abusive relationship. Uh, I was so young. I didn't know the signs that yeah. I came from dysfunction. And so I didn't recognize dysfunction in the way that I should have. Cause it was normal mm-hmm. to me. And, um, yeah. So then next thing you know like I'm like oh my child's eight months old I'm let's have another and so I had my second child a month after I turned 19 um I was in college at this point too I was going to school for nursing um and I I got my first house at 17 I wasn't even like legal holy cow yeah I wasn't I actually wasn't allowed to like sign the lease but my landlord lived next door and he was like just like have him sign the lease and we just won't say nothing. So, um, yeah. So my life started really, really early. I did. I did. I like, you know, I was 15 working three jobs, which is kind of insane looking back at it. Wow. It wasn't even legal to be honest. Um, so I, I grew up really, really fast. Um, and that relationship was just as fast as I grew up. It was that, I mean, that's how fast this relationship was getting, even more abusive and Mm. um it got to a point to where I developed what was called Stockholm syndrome and uh which is where you become attached to your abuser Mm. and you don't recognize Mm -hmm. you know and you think that you like deserve everything that's happening and that's wow that's what I was going through and um I didn't know that he had a closet closet addiction to methamphetamines and um you know and pills and kind of really anything um and uh it got to a point to where like you know I was going to die like I was literally going to die and Mm -hmm. um eventually I was able to get out of that situation he went to jail um and he was facing like 35 years in prison when it was finally found out what was happening and um he ended up he ended up only doing a year and a half and, um, got out on a lot of stuff. And, um, in that, in that transition, like when he went away, um, I dealt with my trauma by just working. Like Mm -hmm. I just worked and worked and worked. And I was, there was a point where I worked six months without a day off. I, my normal work week was 70 to 90 hours a week. That's insane. Yeah. It was, uh, with two kids. With two kids. Wow. Raising them by myself because obviously their dad wasn't around. So single mom, basically. Yeah. Two kids and you're working 70 to 90 hours a week. And I was going to school full time. I was still in college. How? At this, it doesn't that make is, sense. That's ridiculous. I was yeah. literally like, I was basically like killing myself, but it was my well, way yeah. of like. That's how you were coping. Not acknowledging anything that was happening wow. or what was internally going on and. Um, I was kind of like essentially like disassociating and then, um, finally, um, finally I hit a point and 
I just broke. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't, my body physically like couldn't do it anymore. And, um, in this leeway, like I got a boyfriend, first person that would show me attention, you know, make me feel good and got a (laughs) boyfriend and the boyfriend was an alcoholic. And then I started drinking. And so I went through like a three month stint where I was drinking and, um, that's kind of like when I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And I just gave up mm-hmm. like on everything. And, um, I was about to lose my house. And, um, at this point, uh, my children's father had gotten out of jail and he stole my credit card, stole my debit card, maxed everything out, stole my car that was in both our names, totaled it wow. and no car about to lose my home. And finally I was like, you know, like I'm done. Like, I don't care anymore. I don't care what I lose. Yeah. And thank God that I snapped out of it. But my solution to that um, was to start dancing. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, you know, I hated it at first. And I I was so nervous. And I remember, like, going to these clubs and auditioning. And I just felt, like, awful um, until I started making money. And then in a month and a half, you know, I bought a car, paid off my my house that I was being evicted out of, you know, so mm. I didn't have an eviction on my record, paid that off, um, got enough money for a nice house 40 minutes away from everybody, you know, so you were in, like, a, this is in a the different life. state. This was the life I yeah. could finally get away. I didn't have to be stuck where I was anymore. I remember my dad told me, you know, I was, I was from Council Bluffs and my dad told me this thing one time and it always stuck with me that Council Bluffs is a, and I'm sorry if you're from Council Bluffs. Um, <laughs> nothing against Council Bluffs. Council Tucky. But Just this kidding. is this is what my dad told me that it's a crab barrel, and any time somebody tries to get out, everybody tries to pull them back in. Mm. And I was not going to be that crab be you. that couldn't escape. Yeah. <laughs> so I left. You're like I'm out. out of here. And uh, but then I got super engrossed with all the money. Wow. Like I. You know, why would I ever work again? You know what I mean? Why would I ever have to? It got, when I was working all those hours, my kids would come home and call me the babysitter's name, you know, because there's, they spent so much, they spent more time with the babysitter, you know, than they did with me. How old were they at this point? Were they little? um, They were like toddlers or? Yeah, they were like, um, so when I moved away, they were four and five. So it was like pre those years. When I finally moved, those are their ages. Wow. So, you know, three, four, four, five, and it was miserable. And like mm-hmm. that broke my heart. Like, you know, um, I'm wow. Mad. And, um, so I like, I wanted to stay home. I wanted to be with my kids and with dancing, I could work very little hours and make more money than I ever made and stay home with my kids. And that was a plus, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and at first, like, I was like, you know, I smoked a lot of weed back then and, um, and to me like that time, you know, Mm -hmm. weed wasn't a drug, Mm -hmm. you know, different view now. Um, and I, uh, I drank and I went through like a little party phase, but then it got to the point where I was like, okay, like I'm making a career out of this. I'm going to be a dancer for as long as I possibly dance. I'm going to maximize my earnings. So, um, so I didn't like... You know, although I drank on the occasion, um, I really just smoked weed and I, I would try not to drink hardly at all enough to like make, you know, my clients think that I was drunk and then I Mm. would, you know, try to make as much money. Well, then that led to like, I love to travel. So 
I'm like, okay, well, I want to travel the world. So let's, uh, let's start working at, you know, these clubs and I'm going to take my kids with, and then I'm going to take a nanny. And so next thing you know, I was working in these like bougie clubs. And that is crazy. Yeah. It was actually like looking back at it, it's kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> it's about it. um, wild. Yeah. Cause I was like working in these like $50 million clubs, you know, unlike anything you'd ever see. And, um, and I was, you know, making a lot of my, I, there were times where like, I'd make like $12,000 a week and, oh my gosh. um, <laughs> and yeah. And so that most of the time I traveled many places and worked in a lot of different clubs in different States, but the majority of my time was spent in South Florida. And that's actually where, man, that's where Jesus spent me. Thank so, you, Jesus. I um, hear it. So I, uh, about six months before I got yeah. saved, uh, I was smoking a blunt up at a, a lake nearby and there was a guy there and, um, he and his friends were like fishing and I was just by myself watching like a storm roll in and, uh, they like loaded their fishing equipment up and they pulled out and they pulled back in and I'm thinking like, ah, oh, stranger danger. Yeah. And dude gets out and he like kind of taps on my window and I crack it <laughs> and he's like, what's up? I was like, hi. Hello. Like, Hello. <laughs> um, and so we got talking or whatever and he was like, I think I'm supposed to give you my information. And so we like exchanged Snapchats and next thing you know, like hmm. we became friends and we would mm -hmm. meet up like once a week and we would hang out and like, I just sit and like smoke and talk with him. And he would just like, we would just talk about the weirdest stuff, you know, like wow. just weird stuff. And then probably like, I don't know, two, three months into that friendship, he started like, he would, I'd be, I mean, I'd be high. And so he'd ask me these weird questions. Like you ever seen, or ever thought about like how many like stars are in the sky and, or grains of sand are on the earth. And I'm like, no, but no. that's a great question. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, well, the scripture says that, you know, mm. God like has more thoughts and, and cares for you more than, you know, all the grains of, uh, you know, of sand wow. on the earth. And, so he, and was, like, he was like, yeah, he was like tying in like these scriptures. And then you know, like everybody, I feel like everybody is infatuated with like the unknown and right. the supernatural to maybe not infatuated, but like has a desire to like, know, yeah. you know, these things or talk about these things like aliens and, you know, the, angels, yeah. you know, ghosts. Right. Um, and, and like, even me, like before being saved, I was seeking something, something. you know, some sort of deeper meaning. I, I was involved in like tarot cards and Whoa. crystals and astrology and my birth chart and like wow you know all the things because i was trying to like people just seek yeah, yeah. there's there's got to end like that i mean that's you you're seeking the world's like here yeah take this Pushing stuff you toward it you know yeah. look at all this stuff it's so right. cool the stars know you right <laughs> you know right um man i fell for it so it uh it ended up turning into a conversation about like angels and and demons and what i thought and if i thought they really existed and and then he was like you know they're talked about all over in the bible i'm like show me show me wow Where? and so then he would like show me and then he'd start asking me these questions and i'd be like i don't know like tell me the answer he's like how about you think about it we'll talk about it next week and i'm like fine so yeah. then you know, fast forward next week and be like, okay, so I've been thinking about it and this is what I think. And he's like, yeah, let's read the scriptures. And so he's like, he's telling me all these things and I'm learning about like spiritual warfare and like, you know, Ephesians, like for we do not fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of wickedness yeah. in the high places. 
And um, little did I know, I was about to like go to a trip and dance in mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona. And um, this man. So this particular trip, I ended up meeting um, the, the general manager of this club that I auditioned for. He came out and he was like, Scarlet. Mind you, I've never danced there before ever. Mm-hmm. But he happened to be the general manager of a club I worked at in St. Louis. And so he, he recognized me. He was now the, the manager there. And he was like, I've got a, like a guest house. You can stay in my guest house while you're here. So I was like, cool. Like, you know, let's do it. And so I stayed in this dude's guest house. And um, I'm like dancing. And I had this like, this... Uh, uber driver no lyft it was lyft driver and i we like exchanged numbers and i was like i'll just call you when i need rides or whatever mm. and like pay you outside of the lyft so he kept offering me acid and i'm like nah. oh my gosh like nah i ain't about it like i i'm working you know what i mean and fast forward a week goes by it's now my time to go i gotta like catch a flight and um man lyft driver wasn't available so i got an uber I got this super cool Uber um, in, a, in a Tesla. And I was like, oh, this is great. And so we go to the airport, and I find out that there's actually three airports in Phoenix. Uh-oh. And I'm at the wrong one. So missed my flight. Missed. Missed it. <laughs> and my Uber driver's like, well, what are you going to do now? And I was like, I'm going to drop some acid. Oh, my you know, I'm going to drop some acid with my Lyft driver. And this he was is, like, with this your, is crazy. I know. It sounds so weird. And so he was crazy. like, with your Lyft driver? I'm like, yeah, you want to come? You know, I'll drop acid with my Lyft driver and my Uber driver. So, Lord forgive me. Um, Right. So, I do. And it ended up being the weirdest, craziest, kind of, not the scariest, but the second scariest night of my life. Because things got super weird there. This, uh, we like, so fast forward, we drop acid Things get really weird really fast. And all of a sudden, I feel like something is like, something is going to happen. And mm. I don't know how to explain it other than that. And this dude, this the Lyft driver who gave us acid, mind you, this is like the strongest acid I've ever had in my life. I've tripped acid a few times. Oh my but this is like, hit me in 15 minutes, everyone's hallucinating. And um, it was weird. And That's terrifying. It was actually like really really scary now mind you this uber driver had never tripped acid he's like 50 never tripped acid in his life and so he starts to have a bad trip and so i'm like kind of like playing like babysitter slash mom to this like to my uber driver and my lyft driver's over there getting weird in the corner like Mm -hmm. you know like doing some like weird i don't even know then he brings out these like big like these big drums and they had like just these like African symbols and like colors all around it. And, um, he starts playing and I've never seen somebody's hands move that fast in my life. Like it was like, he's on fast and it forward. Was, yes. And it was oh like this really like ominous. And he put on this, um, I don't know. It was like a Swedish band and it was like all symphony music, but it was very like, Man, I just keep saying weird. It like was something all of was it not was weird. Right. Something yeah. was not right. And so yeah. then he starts playing these drums. And as, as he starts playing it, I can see the Uber driver's eyes getting like huge. Like like, and I could like feel I could feel that something this guy was like trying to do was affecting us. But 
predominantly this guy. Long story short, I'm like, I need to get this dude out of here. So, um, I, uh, I'm skipping a lot of details here because it's yeah. a really long story, but I get this guy out and we're back in his car now. I need to drive us back to my manager's house and I call him. I'm like, hey, long story short, you know, he's still at the club. He's working. And I'm like, I uh, missed my flight and decided to drop acid with my Lyft driver and my Uber driver. And we need to go back to your guest house because my Uber driver is having a bad trip. And he was what like, what a conversation with what a conversation. Manager. So. Hold on, let me let, let me rewind a little bit because I feel like I missed oh the most important gosh. part. Yeah. I at one point completely stopped tripping, like in this guy's apartment, and which is really weird um, because when you're on acid, it's like an eight to twelve hour thing, and you're just in for it. Once it starts, you Whoa. just have to ride it out and wow. hope that it's not a bad trip, right? But and again, this is the strongest acid I've ever done in my life, and that's crazy. It's completely stopped, like, and I was just observing for about an hour before we left, and finally I was like, "This is enough!" Like we're leaving, and this guy smiled, and he was like, "I was just trying to be your guys' friends." That's and I was so like, scary. This is just the weirdest night ever. Get me so out of here. So we leave. Yes, we yeah. leave, and I'm like, "Let me drive. Let me drive." And he's like, no, nobody can ever drive my car. And I was like, okay. So this dude who's like, it was actually really unsafe looking back at it. This man drove this vehicle. Oh um, my Not gosh. in the right state of mind to be driving at all. Let alone even walking. He probably shouldn't even been walking. Like that's how like bad this was. Oh no. And long story short, he's driving. We get to a stoplight and my hand, like I'm in passenger seat and my hand just like involuntarily like moves. And I like hold his leg like grab the top of his thigh and i started saying whatever entered you in that apartment must come out in jesus name and i'm saying all these things and i'm like like i have no idea what the heck is happening right now You're like i don't even know what i'm saying don't even know but it and just so and you. as i'm saying this this guy like he, like he's like veins are like popping out he turns bright red and he starts bawling bawling and bawling and he's like thank you so much thank you so much thank you so much oh and i'm my like gosh i have no idea what's happening right now so now at this point i'm like am i tripping <laughs> like did it actually Whoa. stop like i thought no it did it, this is just crazy and um so we get back to the general manager's house we go to his like guest house and Men were sitting there, and I'm trying to like console this man, and he's like sweating profusely. He's not having a good time, and I'm pretty sure he thought he was gonna die, and he yeah. kind of looked like it. He kind of oh looked like. It. So he like sits down finally, and I'm sitting there. I'm just staring at him, and I'm like, "Whatever happened to you in Boston? You need to let that go. Like you, you need to forgive the man that harmed you, and you need to forgive your mother for allowing just it to like happen randomly." Dude, like out of nowhere out of nowhere out of nowhere again ah, this dude's like crying oh like bawling gosh. his eyes out and he's like how do you know that and i was like dude, i don't even know i don't even know no idea no idea wow and so then at this point this dude's like weirded weirded out he already thinks he's dying he's like having a bad trip and now i'm over here like telling him to forgive the things that happened to his him. like deepest secrets that deepest you, secrets how would you know that wow so i I get back to Nebraska and I call the manager and I was like, did that really happen last night? Cause he came you back at one were, point. Yeah. Well he were... came back and I like told him everything and I was like, did that really happen? And he was like, yes, it really happened. And I wow. was like, okay. Like I just, 
okay, you know, yeah. like I'm trying to process this, right? Because it's actually that's really crazy. Like that's yeah. a lot to process. So then I call Roman and I'm like, I need you to come over to my house right now because I need to know what the Bible says about this. <laughs> is that your friend who is? Yes, that's, who is, that's a man who was, yeah. um, you know, telling me about Jesus. Wow. And so he comes over and I tell him everything. And he was like, well, one third of Jesus's ministry was casting out demons. And I'm like, but like, how, like how, I don't even know that I believe in Jesus yet. You know what I mean? Like how? And so little did I know I would be back in South Florida a month after that. And, uh, that is when I would encounter Jesus. So I went to Arizona at the beginning of December of 2019. And, um, I decided that I was going to go on a two week trip uh, over like New Year's mm. in South Florida, mm-hmm. and I took a babysitter, and then I took babysitter's sister, and then I took my friend, and then I took my friend's son, and then I took another friend who wow. danced, and and her boyfriend, and then I just got this giant Airbnb for everybody. So we would go do all the fun stuff during the day. Kids would go back to the Airbnb, you know, eat dinner, and then I would go out and do my thing. Wow. Well, this Airbnb that we stayed at was on a shared property. So the owner actually lived next door and we had a combined backyard. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, their work was Airbnb. And so they didn't do anything else. So they were there and like they were partiers. And so we got to know them and I got to know their son and their son was um, very like kind of like hippie like free spirit. Yeah. You know, and so we kind of like became friends and then I met the son's friends and and I just got to know the whole family, right? Yeah. And so I was down there, I worked, and then I realized that there was like a um, like a yacht show, and so I, I wanted to go back so I could keep working. So after the two weeks, we went back home, and I alone flew back. Whoa. And I stayed, um, I stayed at that same Airbnb for a couple nights, and I also stayed with... Wow. Um, Actually, it was one night. And then I stayed with somebody else that I knew in South Florida. But they were in Stewart, and where I was dancing was Palm Beach. Okay. And so down there, like, it's like a big industry, and you have to, like, go to the courthouse, like, with your Social Security card. You have to get, like, a dancer identification card. It lasts a year. You have to go in for a renewal every year. And so in that, like, in those – I think I was home for maybe – five days three to five days I was back home before I flew back out and in those three to five days I like lapsed and so I had to get Mm. a new ID Mm -hmm. so I flew out going down there I think I flew out Friday morning yes it was Friday morning and then um I had Friday Saturday Sunday to do what I want because you know I wanted to do what I want and uh and then Monday I was gonna go get my ID and work and so, um, yeah, so at one point I was hanging out with, um, the Airbnb son and one of his friends and I was like, let's go to this, uh, this like pool that I knew of in mm-hmm. Stewart, Florida and, um, through my other friend. And it was just this, like, they were really, really fancy, like apartments and they had this like huge pool area. The hot tub was, um. So, like, I don't know, the length of your couch. Yeah. Big. Huge. Okay. Giant Giant hot tub. Like, yeah. 
So we've got a six pack of Corona and it's just the three of us hanging out and it's late. Um, but it was kind of weird because driving there, one of the guys, now let me like preface this, the other guy. So told you the one was like kind of hippie, like the other one was really preppy. Like he would wear like pink shirts, like pink polos, khakis, blonde hair, blue eyes. And he worked on a yacht and he lived with his mom. So like, wow, you know, I'm like, I don't want to stereotype any means, but to me, harmless, you know, um, hippie, harmless, (laughs) you know, I'm just hanging out with some, just having a good time, you know? Um, by yourself no problem no problem no red and i'm like no listen i'm <laughs> like and i think i know what i'm doing because you know, i do wow. like you do have to be vigilant in that industry and oh, yeah. that and that was also another pro of like staying sober because i was very aware of my surroundings then coming from a trauma background and then having like you know time on the streets like wow I, you already have that like heightened sense of right. everything and so i thought i was gucci okay i thought everything was good and there's one other guy swimming right yeah and it's now like 2 30 in the morning approaching three this let me back up actually because this this drive there was weird this guy with blonde hair blue eyes the boat kept, like, boy the boat boy yacht boy <laughs> yacht boy yacht boy for the sake of the story we'll name him yacht boy okay um he was like talking to himself and he would like say stuff under his breath in the car. And then I'd be like, what? And he was like, he'd shake his head. Nothing. And I'm like, the heck it just kind of weird. Right. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. And Mm -hmm. then at one point I remember them hanging out the window. I'm in the center. It's like just a one row truck and I'm like old truck. I'm in the center. They're outside and they're like out the window, like, Oh, Oh, like howling at the moon. What the and I'm heck? like, boys are weird, yeah. you know, no red flags there. No big deal. They're just weird. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this guy leaves the pool area. It's now just the three of us. And then yeah. it was like the biggest, blackest, darkest, scariest cloud rolls in over us. Like this is, yeah. This and is it was crazy. just we- like, you could like feel like the atmosphere shift and at this point, like my heart just like natural, like nothing had even happened yet. And my heart's like, Pounding. you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on right now? And so then Yacht Boy's like swimming, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge, like my back facing the pool and I'm facing like the giant yeah. lion on the wall. And, um, I'm sitting there. Hippie's like kind of like catty corner from me. Yacht Boy's swimming around. He's got it. And it's like a deep hot tub. Like it's big enough for you to like swim. Not like do laps in by any means but it's big and so yeah. he's like swimming and is like the water's like to like here. So he's hovering got, yes he's just got his eyes out he reminds me of like a crocodile Gross. you know it was just very strange Gross. and i'm he's like looking at me and then he'd get out and he'd look at his friend and his friend's like and i'm like what the heck is going What's on happen? and so then like yacht boy gets up out of the water and he's like so what do you think i'm like think about what what do you like, think what do you mean what do i think i know and so i was like oh my gosh think about what and he was like think about joining and i'm like joining what like the weirdo club <laughs> you know like what are you talking about and he was like you know joining and i was like at this point i'm like mad now okay and i'm not saved and i probably dropped a couple of explicitives and <laughs> i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about dude and um the other guy, like, they, like, look at each other and they, like, smile and, like, start to laugh. And he goes, you know. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, the occult. And oh, at that point, I don't know much gosh. about the occult, but 
I know enough about the occult to know that I don't want to you know get any more about yeah. the occult, you yeah. know? And so at this point I'm like, nope. And so I get up and my shoes are in his car and I didn't know it at the time, but my phone was also in his car. Oh, and so no. I get up and I go to grab like my phone and my stuff and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I grab it. my drawstring bag and I like get it. And I'm like, I need my phone and my shoes out of your car now. And so I'm like, like booking it and I get to his car and uh they're not opening it like they won't unlock it for me right they've got all their stuff they brought all their stuff they sat it down next to the car and they won't unlock it and so I look over and like up on the sidewalk there's like a rock like like the sidewalk and the grass and there's a rock there and so I grab it and I'm like I'm just gonna bust your window out if you don't open this so he opens it for me and I like go in and I get my phone. Well, because of the industry I'm in, I've set it up on my phone where if you click the like lock button four times, it takes a picture from both sides of the camera and then Whoa. it records like a, I think it's like a 15 or 30 second like sound mm-hmm. bite wow. and, um, and then it sends it to all of your emergency contacts. And I had quite a few in there and I did this for emergency situations like this. Right. So I go to hit it. Phone's dead. dead. So I'm like, oh like you are what do you do and right i know and they must have like saw that like what do i do now look on my face because they just kind of like you know like you could tell that they knew that i was in distress and my phone was dead and so i like turn around and i like i just cleared the door and yacht boy like shuts the door behind me right and he's kind of cornered me and it's one of those like you ever seen the iron giant no Okay, well, <laughs> it's like the old style like trucks, and it's got the long. I mean, they're like old. The long, the long like back? side view. Yeah, it's the side view mirror. You know, oh. like the metal. You know, and so I'm like kind of cornered between the like side view mirror and the door here. So I'm like literally <gasps> like right cornered. Here. I'm cornered, and this dude like starts like asking me again, like, "You sure about this? You sure about this?" And I'm like, "You need oh to my like." Gosh. Again, like insert some explicitives. Like you need to back up. Like yeah. you need to Let get away. Yeah. And at this point, he gets really close to me, and I'm like, "Okay, listen, I don't want to glorify my sin, but like I came from a very sinful, dark past, and I like used to fight a lot. So at this point, I'm like, I'm about to whoop this dude. Well, okay, you're, yeah, and you're in survival <laughs> so, mode, you know. And so yeah. I'm like, back up, and he doesn't back up. So I just like punched him. I clocked him as hard as I could. And he like stumbles backwards, right? And like, you know, like kind of like does one of these. And then when he comes up, he like rolls his shoulders back. And I swear his like chest like grew like three times. And um, he like comes up and when he lifts his head, I could see all the veins in his neck, like, like the guy in the car when yeah. I was like, whatever comes like that, like his veins were just like bulging out of his neck. And I watched the pupils of his eyes consume his whole eyes. Like I've never seen nothing. I don't mean just yeah, like the iris. Eyes. Yeah. Like the pupil dilate, like even the whites of his eyes were black. black. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And he starts talking to me and he talks to me and like, the grossest nastiest like i don't watch horror films but if i were to like imagine a demon speaking to me like that was it it was it like wow and he's like i you made the wrong decision i've been following you your whole life you think that you could say no to me you think that you could say no to this and he was like tonight is the night that you'll taste death and i, I was oh, like i'm gonna scream goodness. and he was like who's gonna hear you <gasps> and there because it's like middle of the night it's the middle of the night and we're in this like rich apartment so i should have prefaced this earlier here's the pool 
and here's the parking lot and we're surrounded by trees right so it's and like then it's forest it's there's like just nobody. straight forest around us and then there's garage 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 yeah. garage garage so you're not apartment com- so really nobody like if wow. i screamed you know if i screamed and he like covered my mouth nobody would Nothing. have heard me in that yeah you know that quick he was right and told me he was gonna slip my throat and drag me into the woods and kill me leave me there dead and at this point this I'm is like, crazy I know. <laughs> this so is crazy. I was like, yeah, man, I got kids back home. I ain't going to die. Like, no. if it's, you know, me or him, it ain't going to be me. Right. So I look over. This was like, I don't even, like, looking back at it, I don't even quite understand, like, how I could even react this fast. But there was Corona bottles on the ground next to the truck. Yeah. And we had drank two out of six of them. So there were still four completely full. So I reached down and I grabbed a Corona bottle and I busted on the ground. And I, I had to have seen this in a movie somewhere, okay? Because I've never seen nobody do you this like in busted real life. The glass? I busted the bottom of the glass and so it was like jagged. Oh and, my gosh. And I came up and I like stood like this and I was going to kill this man. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? Your but if, again, mode. like me or him, I ain't going to die. And they just told me they're going to slip my throat, drag me into the woods. And I've got this creature talking to me like i say creature human form that creature is like horrifying. this it was a straight demon that manifested in this man and was communicating to me and it makes a lot of sense thinking back to like the drive to the pool yeah. because of the fact that he was like whispering stuff to himself so and then weird. i then he would like shake it off you know what i mean and Again, let me like give you a little bit of backstory here. When we were at the pool, when he took his shirt off, he had a Baphomet tattooed on his chest with gargoyles and oh spider webs my. and six six six. Not what I was expecting to so see. So pool boy, pool boy, who's like yacht boy. boy, yacht boy, cute has little all of that just tattooed on. Yeah, his chest. you never would have guessed. Wow, never, don't judge a book by its cover. Wow, or its polo and khakis. Wow. Um, so, anyways, oh my goodness. So I've got this bottle right and. I'm going to kill him. And I, in a split second, I like said, Lord, I don't want to have to kill a man. If you're real, I need you to help me. And when I said that, I felt this like rush through my body. It just like, I don't know how to explain it. Like wind, like through my body. And I felt something literally like enter my, like the top of my head and flow through my whole body. And then my hand went and the bottle fell from my hand. And this guy in front of me, his eyes got really big and he smiled because in like in his mind, I just dropped, dropped my only weapon. weapon right. Yeah. But little did he know, Holy Spirit just filled me and Whoa. let that weapon go. And in like all I know at this point is the scriptures that Roman had yeah, been like all you, you know, knew. teaching me. I wasn't like studying the scriptures or anything. No. I barely knew anything, just the conversations I had while high with Roman. Wow. And, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Satan, get behind me. And I don't remember anything else after that. I just started like spewing scriptures, right? And like, who thinks, like you're about to die. And I'm like spewing scriptures at this dude. After you've had something literally felt. Fill me. like, And I didn't know that it was Holy Spirit filling me. I had no idea what the heck was happening. Now I know. So this, I watched this dude's eyes roll into the back of his head. And he starts to convulse <gasps> and then he falls to the ground. And I heard the audible voice of God, which this is the only time I've heard the audible voice of God. And he wow. like, God speaks to me all the time, dreams and like 
He'll speak to my spirit. But I actually heard you an heard audible it. voice say, run. And I took off. Man, I booked it as fast as I could. I ran. And I ran to these apartment complex. And I start, like, beating on doors, right? Wow. And, I, and nobody's answering. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. No, like it's this. the middle of the night. Well, I yeah. thought nobody lived there. And then I look, and the whole parking lot's full. And I'm like, okay, so it's not vacant. Like, wow. you know, like, it just didn't make sense why nobody was answering. And it, it, not looking, it was the middle of the night. Probably wow. scared. You know, because I was beating like, <laughs> like who was banging on my door? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my so goodness. So I'm beating, beating. And they're like outdoor style apartments. So you like just walk up steps and all the doors are just, there's no like enclosed area. And so I like run back down and I go up another flight and I'm like, beating. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of at this point not even giving room yeah. or time for people to like answer the door. I'm just kind of like just beating. Yeah. And if a door didn't well, open you're, right then, you're I'm, running. I'm on. You're running yeah. for your life. Right. And so I go up, I'm on the third floor now. Like this is, there's one like ground level, second floor, third floor. I'm on the third floor. I'm beaten on these doors and I look out and I see them. I literally see them like dude gets up and then the other guys like hippie was already standing up, but the other guy gets up and they start skipping. Right. And so I'm like kind of crouched down and you're I'm trying still to like, hide. I'm like, knocking but i'm like crouched down and i see them getting closer and they're going you where are you we're gonna find you like straight oh. like like horror movie like there's like that is horrifying dude that is i know so horrifying i lived it, <laughs> it this, so is your, this is your miserable yeah so, Finally, this guy opens the door and I'm like, quick, I need you to call the police or let me use your phone. I have two men that are following me. And he was like, okay, I'll be right back. And he shuts the door, right? And it felt like an eternity. It was probably like 30 seconds. But you but, were grateful someone answered. Oh my goodness. Praise the Lord. Until he opens the door and he says, I can't help you. And he smiles and closes it. And I'm like, there's demons everywhere. What like, the heck? I know. I couldn't even believe it. And at this point, they're close and they're like looking. They know that oh, I'm somewhere in these apartments. No. And so they're like scouring, like trying to see where I am. So I put my back against the wall and I kind of just like slink down. And I got like, you ever seen like movies where they like dramatize like drugs or like conditions and whatnot and so like tunnel visions like yeah you know you see or like it's like looking through like a a toilet paper roll and everything else is like gone yeah well that's like what happened like i got straight tunnel vision and i saw a fire alarm across like on the other side of the wall and everything else was blurred it was like wow literally all like like god was like Yes, like highlighted, like this is it here, do this. And so I got up and I ran and I pulled the fire alarm. And so of course it's like, and they took off running as fast as they could. I watched them peel out, like took off. And how do you explain, how do you explain that? You, Jesus, you know, and wow. So the, the fire department comes and the ambulance and the police, nobody knows what's going on. And I'm trying to like, everybody's freaking out looking for this fire. So now I'm this like girl in You're shock the only like, one that knows what and i'm trying happened. to tell everyone like don't worry there's no fire i was just in trouble like i'm so sorry and so everyone's like you know like what is she is, doing yeah. who is this lady you yeah. know you're like sorry i was just running for my life i and, know right you know and met jesus so then i'm trying to tell these like of course the police want to know like what happened right. and they're like okay were you like physically assaulted and technically no right you know and so i'm like no and they're like sexually assaulted i'm like no. no and they're like and how are you then, in trouble right and i'm like i like i don't want to talk about it like i'm like i'm trying to process like mm-hmm. you know what's going on yeah. and i don't want to talk about it and they're just like 
pressing, you know, like pressing for more. And I'm like, it was spiritual, you know? Right. And they're like, like, you can't explain it. At this point, they think I'm on drugs because Cause it's like, so, it's so crazy. Right. And so, yeah, long story short, um, <laughs> I get dropped off to where like I, all my belongings were, I got them, got an Uber, went to a hotel and I didn't even have money for a hotel. Couldn't find my card. And then like, <laughs> oh, no. I, I, oh my goodness, I've never even told you this part. So I, uh, I literally like. I go to this hotel. They're telling me I need to leave because I'm like loitering. And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out like how I'm going to pay you guys so I can get a room. Right. And it's now like eight, eight in the morning, eight 30 in the morning. Like haven't wow. been to bed. I've, I've got no shoes. Cause I left my shoes there. Like I literally, yes. like, I look like a mess. I've got yeah. a suitcase, no shoes. My feet are dirty. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like in distress. So I don't blame them for you for, know yes so anyways um i did <laughs> oh not i did not get enough like i didn't have enough time to kind of figure out anything they were telling me to get off the property so i went to the restroom i was like okay, i'm just gonna use the restroom and leave and i come back out my suitcase is gone <gasps> and I, I so i went up to the front desk and i was like my suitcase was just right here i went to the restroom i came back it's gone and they're like we don't know what to tell you if you don't leave the property now we're calling the cops <gasps> so i was like Oh my So you gosh. had nothing. I had nothing. Everything was stolen from me. And it's so nothing. funny because that was all my dance stuff. I just so happened that trip to take everything dance related with me. And Every it was all gone. In gone. A second. Ain't that funny. Yeah. So um wow. I get an Uber. I go back to, to West Palm Beach and um I literally like I I have no money now. Like the little bit of money I had, I maybe had like four dollars on me right and i call my mom and my mom ended up like buying a ticket back which is really embarrassing you know i've got all this money and now i have no money and everything's gone and how do you explain this to your parents and over a phone call yeah so i'm like sitting outside of wawa's like looking at my entire life and like trying to process what the heck just happened so they buy me this ticket and i I fly out of west palm beach back to nebraska and immediately i was like roman you need to come over and bring friends and so he brought one of his friends and i had the babysitter there and i called another one of my friends and then the babysitter's sister was there yeah and roman baptized me in my bathtub right then because in i your knew bathtub. In, in my bathtub because i knew that like what i just witnessed like it it's was real. very apparent that everything we had been talking it's about real. angels and demons are real that there is actually a war on our lives right. and that um jesus is real jesus is who he says he is yeah and i needed to pick a side because if i didn't pick a side like yeah i almost died you know what i mean like you would I'm, have died i know yeah. and if it wasn't for god's intervention in that moment i literally would have died i never would have yeah. seen my kids again like wow so it was like very apparent like that was it i needed to give my life to christ and so um he and his um his uncle is like a pastor here in yeah. Omaha area um over in North Omaha and he like he just baptized me and I remember sitting in my bathtub probably 45 minutes just crying like repenting wow. like I'm so sorry for everything <laughs> you know for everything yeah. in my life oh yeah. my goodness because I live such a you sinful life oh my goodness yes which like we all do. We all do. You know? We all do. But it was wild. If I had a a, a list of things to check oh, yeah. off that I have done in my life, I'd Be probably long. check them all. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, 
that is why I gave my life to Christ. And wow. now my life has completely. So yeah, radically shifted. Radically, like, like complete turnaround. Yeah. yeah. And nobody saw it coming. I mean, no. I didn't see it coming. No. I didn't see it coming. And that's your story of Jesus. That That's, well, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. And you and I were talking today about how. The perception is like when you follow Jesus, your life is boring and full of rules and all these things. Right. But it's a wild ride. It like, is the, I am up for adventure, yeah. right? Like I want to travel the world with my kids and I have done some incredible things wild and things. gone to some pretty incredible places and yeah. um, nothing beats nothing. walking with Jesus. No, like, no way. You know, um, no. There's so many times where I have to like move in faith and I don't know what's going to happen, but mm -hmm. I'm just obedient to what he tells me. And then he just blows the doors open to these incredible opportunities and yeah. um, far, far better opportunities than I could have ever conjured up in my my mm. lifestyle mm -hmm. prior to no way. giving my life to Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I'm very grateful. Yeah. Very grateful. Well, I'm grateful for you sharing that story in yeah. my prayer and our prayer is that if there's someone listening to this right now, that they would choose Jesus, that they would choose to take a leap of faith right. and to put their faith in him and experience that same wild experience of the supernatural encounter that you can have with Jesus and the love that he has for you and the way that he pursues you, right? He pursued right. you and that's our prayer is that that people would choose that as well Absolutely. and then have that life with him. I mean, he pursues all of yeah. us and it doesn't take almost dying no. in order to give your life to Christ. You can no. Do it so you can much do it more now. easier than, than I did, Yeah, you know? Um, right. But there is hope. There's hope for those that are, mm -hmm. are struggling, like mm -hmm. depression and suicidal thoughts and um, single parents you know yeah. um struggling moms and struggling dads and um racing thoughts like mm -hmm. trauma victims sexual trauma abuse like the list goes on and on all those things he changed all he took yeah. all of those things from me like you know the bible states that he restores the years that the locusts have ate and <laughs> Like, you know, we're talking about like, it's only been three years, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe four now, but, um, it not even four, three years and it feels like a lifetime. Yeah. And he, you know, I, I look back at this life of chaos that I lived in and it's hard to believe that was ever my life. Cause I'm mm -hmm. not the same person. Like the Bible says we're new creation and, right. um, I am nowhere near who I used to be. I don't desire the same thing. So like going back to that adventure thing, like, Oh, like all these rules and whatnot, like you'd no longer, yeah. you don't even want to do those things no. no more. You don't desire the yeah. same things. You desire things of holiness and righteousness. And, mm -hmm. um, there's so much more to life so that, that God wants to like, you know, present to you and yeah. do for you. And, uh, so much healing, um, you know, that comes at the hands of Jesus. And I spent a yeah. long time, searching for that healing in so many places and you know like sex drugs alcohol attention you mm -hmm. know and like just things you yeah know? just trying to buy more things maybe right. if I could buy more things i'd yeah finally be happy if i could get more money i'd finally be happy right and no 
Never. like the only the only thing that can produce that kind of happiness that joy is Jesus. is Jesus and the love of Jesus yeah. and his grace and his mercy yeah. and um, nobody is too far gone because if no. you would have asked anybody they would have said I was too far gone right you know and right Jesus says, oh, yeah, watch this. Yeah. You know, he leaves the 99 for the one. He does. You know, he'll meet you. He Even does. Even if you were tripping acid a couple weeks before. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Just funny wow. looking back, like, thank God for his thank grace. You, and, Jesus. Yeah. And his mercy and the fact that I don't, you know, um, fast forward to now, like, I remember thinking, like, how was I ever going to be able to walk away from this lifestyle? You know, I did. COVID happened March mm-hmm. of 2020. And after I got saved, I spent the next you know, three months still dancing. And because wow. um, I was so scared of losing that money. You know, yeah. what? Ha- I've got this expensive lifestyle and my kids. And how was I going to give this up? Right. And I remember like I kept telling God, like, you know, just one more time. Let me go one more time. Mm. One more time. And I told him, like, I'm just going to go one more time. And I went down there and boom, COVID hit. It was mm-hmm. March 16th. And I remember wow. being at the club and it like everything flashed on on screen. And it was like, you know, international peoples had 36 hours to get back to their um, their homes. And I mean, 75 percent of the club, it's South Florida. Like people that's there. Like it's Palm Beach. People don't just I mean, people live there, but it's a big, mm-hmm. you know, a big spot. Like people's second homes are usually there. And mm-hmm. um, so these like most of the people left the clubs at this point. And I'm like, thank you, God. Like, wow, you sent the plagues for me. <laughs> you know, I couldn't do it. You used something crazy for. Yeah, you for know, something good. Um, thank you. Wow. And I remember actually my last day at the club it's pretty crazy and I didn't think about this until recently mm-hmm. actually I thought about it but I didn't really think of the magnitude of it until recently but I remember the last day that I worked at this club in South Florida I met a man there and he was from Guatemala and um for some reason like he didn't want to dance he just wanted to talk and he was very nice mm-hmm. and there are some talkers that you know don't want to spend money or, but this guy was different right and my managers were like mad at me because they were losing money because mm-hmm. I wasn't making them money. Mm-hmm. And I sat for three hours at the bar. And like when it was my turn to like be on stage, I'd go and then I'd come back and I'd talk with him. And I remember him telling me like, you're different. Mm-hmm. You're different. Mm-hmm. You, you've got light in you. Wow. And I like even being saved at that point, like I was still walking in so much darkness. I really didn't even honestly understand what that meant, but I knew he was right. And I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, but then he, he told me this statement and it, like, it really like, you know, mm-hmm. he said, I am because I am hmm. and you are because he is. And I didn't know what the heck that dude meant. I was hmm. like, wow, you're a poet. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I had no idea what that meant. And looking back at that, like. It sounds so weird and maybe this is a far reach I don't know but I, I think about that sometimes and I'm like like was that an angel like who mm. in the heck comes into a club and talks like that you know what I mean and I right. know what he was talking about now like he is you know he said I am because I am I the great I am mm. you know our creator and and you are because he is I am because he is he is you know and wow, like just thinking like that was the last conversation I had on my last day working 
ever in, in South Florida. And mm. I came back and, um, it, it was a journey. I still, um, I mean, I was still walking in sin and I'm still drank and I smoked on the occasion wow. and, um, and on the occasion, I mean, every occasion that I can make. Wow. And, uh, I, there was a lot of like radical shifts. Like I like cut my internet off. Mm. <laughs> it was like, we're not ever watching TV again. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped listening to uh, secular music. Uh, the only secular music I listened to was when I was working. I'd be Holy listening to gospel God. music, like on the way to the club. It didn't make no wow. sense. You know, I, w- I, I specifically remember going in to the club and trying to preach the gospel. Oh I'd be my like, gosh. yeah, I'd be like doing dances and be like, so what do you know about Jesus? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Stop it. They didn't want any more dances after that. That is so funny. And I'm like, I'm a lie in a dark place. Well, you, yeah. You know, um, you encountered Jesus and it's just crazy. Like, thank God for, um, his redemption and his restoration and for being patient with me because there was some, um, some things that he had to do. And a year after that, I ended up walking into a church and they were holding baptisms that day. And I got rebaptized. I felt led to get rebaptized. And it was in that moment that it was like, okay, so the first time I got baptized, like, yes, I was giving my life to Christ. Like mm-hmm. I knew whose side I wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. But then I was still walking in so much bondage and like shame. And like, yes, I was like, a new creation, but I had all these strongholds that I felt were still suffocating me to an extent, not in the way that it was before, but still like, I still had these burdens. And, um, so it was in that, in that day I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm completely walking away from sin. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want anything to do with my old life. I'm right. I'm done. I don't want to drink. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do any of Mm -hmm. this anymore. And I got baptized and I remember it was cold outside that day. They like their baptismal was outside. It was freezing and the water. Oh my gosh. It was like, I just like, it was like I was in Antarctica. Like, you know, it was freezing. It was so cold. And I, I, they start praying over me right before they like, baptized me and I started crying I just remember just this like it was like all this like pain like manifested and I was just crying and they baptized me and when I came up out of the water I was hot like it was like my body was like on fire not a bad way like just like wow I wasn't cold anymore and I came up laughing like I came it was like man baptism it's such a spiritual like transaction that occurs. Mm -hmm. Like I literally, like if you look at the pictures before and after you can see, like you don't like, if you don't know Jesus, you're like, Oh, well something happened, you know, but like literally like washed, you know, washed all of that away. And that decision right there to like truly walk in obedience and to walk away from sin set me on this like trajectory forward. And like fast forward to today, I'm, I, own a daycare now like the Lord blessed me with a daycare a month and a half ago and I did the math on it and you know when I get to a full-time like you know position with I I can have nine kids Mm -hmm. when my roster reaches nine kids I'll make the same amount of money I made dancing wow if not more actually wow (sighs) thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and I never thought that I would ever make that money again and then the crazy part is is like the Lord says do not forsake small beginnings and he told me this is not actually at the workshop at Mm. chariots he told me that day he said this is not just a business this is a ministry that will build more ministries wow and 
this is like since then it's been confirmation after confirmation this is just the beginning wow and I can't even like I've never had you know I've never been like right in the right state of mind and had like financial security like this and whatnot and even like you know, from a job, I've always had financial security since being saved. Cause mm-hmm. even when I didn't have money, I somehow had money. Like cause he, he, he provided it. it. I'm telling you like random checks in the mail, yeah. you know, I'm lights were about to get shut off. Somebody would cash out me randomly and say Jehovah Jireh. And it'd be the, to the T like how much wow. I owe for my disconnect. Like, so he's always taking care of me, but like to see, like, I was so scared of walking away yeah, because I had all this money and I, I, you know, I worked so hard for this and God had a completely different Mm. plan for me and so much better than I could have ever thought or imagined. You know, just like he says, you know, his ways are higher than ours. Thoughts are higher than ours. And, um, you know, he gives us abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And that's where I'm at now. And this is just the beginning. So, you know, wow. I'm just happy to be alive and to be sane yeah. You know, and um, to have the life that I, I have now. And wow. It, it's only because of Jesus. Only, only because of Jesus. Only. Wow. My life would be much different. It, it might would. be dead. You, yeah? yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And all the, the vulnerable details too and just what your life was and right. what Jesus did. And I'm grateful that you are at Chariots and that our paths have crossed and I'm excited to see what he continues to do in your life and how I know he's going to keep providing yeah, with this daycare and everything all of it and then eventually when you get a car because you uniquely don't have one yet yeah. you're in the program still yeah. you're still coming through it um but I guess let's talk let's circle back and maybe we can land here shortly but um how did you get connected to chariots so um I had a friend that I invited to church at one point. I hadn't seen her in mm. probably six years. We used to party together. And um, wow. I invited her to church one day. And she was like, well, come to the Saturday service with me. And that was freeway service back mm. at Renewed Hope. Mm-hmm. And I went and, you know, I mentioned my past. Like, my children's father was addicted to drugs. And so for a long time, I, like, I really despised anybody who used. You know, wow. I was very angry. I was very hurt. Hurt and, um you know, Jesus changed me. And so I came into this place seeing people who were, you know, also slaves to sin and, and slaves to, um, you know, drugs yeah. and their lives were just radically changed, you know? Yeah. And how refreshing was that? You yeah. know, I loved it. I loved seeing what they were doing. So I just kept coming around and of course, freeways tightly knitted to chariots yeah. and, and then they planted Waymaker, mm-hmm. you know, neighboring to you guys. Right and, across the hall. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and Jay and Megan and, mm-hmm. and Andrew and, you know, I became friends with people who were, you know, either been through the program or worked for the program. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to you guys. Mm-hmm. And I actually would like tell people all the time, like, oh, I know this program. Like, wow. you know, if you can, if you can get a referral, like you can go to this program. Little did I know that one day. You I'd be in the program. You would be referred. Yes, yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. That is so amazing. And you're in the vehicle ownership program. Yes, so ma'am. you've done, you've met all the qualifications. You got mm-hmm. vetted. Right. You have done, I think, all of the classes. Yeah. Um, and so now you essentially pay your 500, go on the wait list for a vehicle and that's coming. Yes. What, what is that going to do for you when you do get a vehicle? And because our mission, right, is to, 
demonstrate God's love by helping remove transportation barriers. That's what, that's the tool God's given us. Right. So with that, thinking of barriers that come with not having transportation, what do you think that's going to do when that's gone? Well, I mean, I'm going to circle back to like why I even need this. Um, so I got into an accident like April 29th and I was right in the process of opening this daycare. So I had no income prior to that accident and no income after that accident other than, you know, I cleaned this lady's house and got a little bit of like money that way, but like Mm -hmm. no legitimate income, like on payroll for two months, you know, two and a half months really. And I got in this accident and I've been in accidents before and it's like devastating. Right. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, the world is like crashing down around you. It feels like. Mm -hmm. And in this accident, um, I remember after I wrecked, I got out of the car and I prayed over my kids and I have never felt peace like that in my life. And there were people that came running up to like, see if we were okay. And I'm like, I don't even like my voice was so calm and I'm just like praying. And I just like, and I kept praying. And so I know that that was like, influential to everybody who saw that right and then even the officer that day I got to lay hands on the officer and pray over him which oh my goodness that's not like I feel like that's not super common and uh thank you Jesus. so I left I left there knowing that like God was going to use this to be glorified and like yeah it was really unfortunate that I didn't have a car and I didn't have money for a car and I'm opening this like daycare and I like how am I supposed to get any kids in like in the right. event of an emergency? Like what is going on? And so, but I knew, like I knew, knew. Um, that he was going to be glorified. And two days after that, I had a friend reach out and she was like, you know, I, I will be able to provide you temporarily a vehicle to use until you can figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, with yours or if you're going to purchase another one or whatever, you can use this in the meantime. Yeah. So, I mean, two days later and God's like, here you go. Here's a temporary car. So, um, so that's nice because mm-hmm. I, I'm not having to use the bus. I'm not, I, I have transportation in the meantime, um, but that's not a forever thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also am still like this daycare just started. I'm like back paying right. you know, bills and whatnot. So I still don't even have the money to get a car. So this is a huge, like yeah financial burden lifted off of me. Yeah. And I know that like the fact that I'm even in this program, I mean, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. If I wasn't in this, I know. So I know that like, this is all God's handiwork. Like God is doing so much more in this and that's what I'm excited for. So this is more than, than just a car. This is lives being impacted. And I mean, I put it all over Facebook, like, you know, with the, I I posted my car, I said like, stay tuned, watch God work in this. Uh, And I keep updating it. Like as we go of what's going on with this and when I get that car, like, and I literally, I remember posting on Facebook, like God's going to provide me a car. And I didn't know I was going to be in chariots yet. Yeah. And here we are here we you are. know um and so i know that there are people like on facebook that don't know jesus but mm-hmm. they're watching you know yeah. and they're they're seeing what god's doing and it's nothing that i could do it's you know, nothing him. i could do on my own or anything like so they get i know that people are watching people are being i've had people reach i've had dancers like reach out like what the heck is going on you know and so the fact that i can share like what chariots is doing yeah. you know for me in this situation and even like prophesying that prior like god's going to provide a car mm-hmm. 
watch and then you guys come in and so like just the fact that people are like people can see god's handiwork mm-hmm. like happening in my life and yeah. that is I, I mean more than the transportation burden itself or the financial right. burden that i was experiencing because of this like this is this is the best part of it yeah and like the, i mean this is you guys are driven by jesus and this is just it's the most important thing it's the most important yeah. thing for sure wow i wow i don't even know what else to say but thank you for for your time and for being willing to share this. Absolutely. We are grateful and blessed to have you a part of the family. So thank you for, for your time and for being here today. Thank you. Um, equally grateful. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. We, um, would love if you would like and subscribe and share this with a friend. If you think this could encourage somebody, uh, make sure that you share it and then we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the Chariots for Hope Under the Hood podcast. If you are inspired by this story and would like to know ways that you can make an impact in the lives of those trying to overcome transportation barriers, we can't encourage you enough to check out our website at chariotsforhope.org or follow us on social media for daily updates. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.